Welcome to the Jolly Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Barrett. This podcast is for those who are interested in the conversation around equity, diversity, and inclusion. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest who has something special to share or is actively part of building solutions in the space. Let's get started. Take a journey with me this week as we learn about Kappa Alpha Psi. I am joined by Chuck Lockard, Samuel L. Dacus, and Trenton Goudeau. And we are going to hear from them some of the rich history of Kappa Alpha Psi, what it means to the community and the service they provide, what initiatives they work on, and what their own experiences were like, why they chose Kappa Alpha Psi. It's a great conversation because we have multiple generations here. Chuck being the first to speak, you will hear him talk about his experience. And then we have two younger individuals who recently crossed and their perspective. So I think it'll be fun for you to listen to this episode and just learn about Kappa Alpha Psi. Remember, we had other interviews with some of the Divine Nine and other Black organizations, the NAACP, as well as the Prince Hall Masons. And I just want to make sure people are aware of the organizations, what they do, the impacts they have on the world, and how they serve our communities. Please join me. All right. So I am, again, excited to talk to my friends with Kappa Alpha Psi, and I'm just so excited to have Chuck Lockhart here along with Samuel Dacus II and Trenton Goudeau. So thank you all for being here and joining me on the Jolly Podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I am excited. So last year I started this kind of conversation with some of the divine nine, just to try to help celebrate what it is that you all do that the divine nine does in the world. I think there's a lot of people that don't know, and I'd like to use the platform to educate people on what it is, what it means. There's lots of people that know what Greeks do, but they don't necessarily know what the divine nine does. Um, so why don't we start with you You all to educate me a little bit about Kappa Alpha Psi. All right. Basically, just to kind of give you a little background, we, we were founded in 1911, okay? Ten illustrious men under one dream, the dreamer. We got together out of struggle. And the reason we got together out of struggle because there was a lot of racism and a lot of different things that were going on in Indiana. We were founded at Indiana University. And Elder Watson Diggs had a dream. He got together with the nine, with our other nine illustrious founders and laid out a, a blueprint for success okay. that has developed some of the most 
educated some of the most dynamic men this country has ever seen. Um, Kappa is not for everyone, though. It is truly an honor and a privilege to be a member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. For myself, it changed my life. I was familiar with the organization, and it started, my journey started when I was a freshman in college. I was picked to escort a young lady at the Miss, for the Miss Kappa Dream pageant when I was a freshman. I was a scholarship athlete when I was attending Langston University. And, you know, when you first come out on the yard, you see all the different Greeks, they all come out. And they, they're stepping and having tables, but I hadn't seen the brothers yet. And I was like, okay, I'm looking around like, okay. And that night when I, we escorted, we escorted all the, uh, the young ladies that were in the pageant and we were standing there and the lights went down, the red light came on. And these brothers came in in all white tux with red trim, with canes and top hats. And I said, oh, that's me. And then I said, that's me. I'm done. I was done. <laughs> I was too through, right? And then I started looking. I started talking to some of the brothers and I started seeing some of the activities and some of the leadership positions that they were, that they were involved in on the campus. And I was like, oh, they they a little heavy. This one was in student life. This one was in government. This one was in this. This one was in this. And they always, the way they carried themselves on the campus, they separated themselves by how they walked, how they talked, how they looked. They were always very polished, very clean, very dapper, very smooth. And I was like, I was... I was done, transferred home, transferred home and was attending Hayward. And we only had one brother. We had, we had brothers, a few brothers on the yard, but there was one particular brother on our yard. His name was John Landry. And we called him the lone newt because he was the only one running around on campus. Our chapter was charted March 4th, 1989, the New Sigma chapter chapter that shows, of course, no sympathy because we the brain chapter because we got a little extra up here and in here. The first line that was chartered, the charter line, was the five miracles of Matthew. And there were five brothers on that line. Larry Atkins, John Brown, who recently just passed away and went to chapter Invisible. Randy, Mean Jean, the dancing machine, Gilbert, Vila, Vince Borderline, and Diamond Duke. Brian Cobb, those were their big brother names. They chartered the chapter. And my line, which was Philippians 4, which was which was Bob Davis, Lorenzo Hall, Charles Murphy, and myself, we were the first line to cross into the New Sigma, the New Sigma Charter in 1989. It's been for me a life's work and a life's journey. And I will continue my journey even beyond death, because even when you die, you still go to heaven. You're going to be with the Lord, but I'm going to be with my brothers too, seated at the table. So 
through the fraternity, I met my wife, my career enhanced by meeting brothers and just the knowledge that I was able to receive from some of my mentors changed my life. And it's, it's, it's just an experience that people see us where we just, what they, what they see us do on the yard, right? But they really don't know the amount of work that it takes for us to do what we do as far as with community service, all our, we give all the money away on scholarship and mentorship. And we like to, we, we're in the business of changing lives and enhancing others. So that, that's kind of, that's kind of what we do. Sam, what, what has your experience been? So just to kind of piggyback off that, my organization, like you said, that they were always so polished, so, so put together. But one thing that for me really made them stand out was like, they were true to themselves. Every now and again, you can get around some groups and some other organizations and it kind of seems like they will change depending on the people that they're around. And just for me, the news were just always the same type of person and consistent with their character. Yeah, you know, they may be a little bit more animated when they're around their brothers, but their character never changed. And it never seemed like they was just trying to do things because this is what everyone else was doing. It was just always like, oh, well, no, this is just an aspect of my life that I also enjoyed to be in. But it never seemed like they was trying to put on a show. Even though we do put on a good show now. We do, um, we do. And ask <laughs> we do. Stuff to help them out. But we put on a show. But like I said, we're true to who we are. And it's like, they were really men we're men of achievement and it's so we're never satisfied never um, never satisfied never content always thirst, thirsting and hungering for more for greater for it to be more successful and that was just some ideals that i just could could really relate to yeah you all have i mean chuck i know has been in for a little while just a little bit <laughs> so i was the spring 17 initiate to the new sigma chapter at okay. California State University, East Bay. Fantastic. And Trenton, what's what's life been for you? Why, why did you choose Kappa? So I was a, a spring 19 initiate. I joined my freshman year of college. My older brother is also my opportunity as well. He's also my chapter, our chapter, the new senior chapter. But okay. let's say really kind of a piggyback off what both of my brothers said. It was the dapperness of my fraternity. That really drew my initially. Like I like to be cleanly dressed, keep myself clean cut as well. And I felt like that really drew my attention from the brothers of Cap Alpha Psi. That's one of the main things I've noticed. And also, like what Sam said, the character of the brothers. Everybody is very, very, very brotherly in this fraternity. We're very, we show a lot of human tolerance and understanding with each other. We take care of each other and we love each other. And it's very apparent from the outside looking at. And when I was young and being around brothers of Cap Alpha Psi for quite some, for quite a few years, even in high school, from just being around my brother, um, I was able to see that. And I was able to see other fraternities as well, such as all, all the other ones. And and they just didn't, they weren't giving what Cap was giving to me at that time. And yeah, so that's really what kind of led me to do so, at least to join this fraternity. And then as well, once I kind of got into the fraternity and, and got to meet older brothers and older brothers as well. It was seeing the achievement in the, in the brothers. That's one of the main monikers of our fraternity is achievement. And to see those brothers withstand that and, and keep that instilled with their lifestyle. And it was amazing to me. 
sort of speak, coming from the background I came from, I haven't really seen much of that out of uh, a lot of black men. Okay. So it was amazing to me to say the less, to say the least. And that's pretty much what drew me to the fraternity. That's fantastic. So then, so let's talk a little bit about the, some of the foundational principles. You all have talked about achievement, but I know there are others that guide the fraternity over the past century. What other types of foundational principles do you all focus on? One of the things that we do is the main thing is, as my brother said, I don't want achievement in every field of human endeavor. So that means every field in the science and the arts and everything you do, we're never satisfied. We strive to be the best within ourselves and we strive to be the best as far as uplifting each other. We like to inspire service in the public interest. That's definitely what we do because we have to give back. W.E.B. Du Bois said we are all in Divine Nine, the talented 10. As a pillar of our race, that is a great responsibility. And when you become a member of Cap Alpha Psi, you are made aware of what your responsibility is, not just to yourself, but to your brothers, to your race, and to your community and your family. I live Kappa. Kappa is not something where I just have letters on my chest. I live it. I live my shield and I live my creed. The way I deal with my family, the way I raise my children, the way I'll carry myself when I'm at work, when I was at work, the way I even treat my wife. You have to have a certain air and a certain character to be a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. You have to have a certain level. You have to be intelligent. You have to be polished. And one of the things that we strive to do is like say, be the best that we can be. And we have a long lineage of brothers since 1911 who have displayed these particular characteristics and achieved in every field of human endeavor at the highest level in sports, Will Chamberlain and basketball, Will Chamberlain and and and, and Bill Russell. You got Kenny Hardaway and 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 Alan Houston and 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 the Red Tails, the Tuskegee Airmen, Chappie the Colonel. He's my brother. That's why we call him the Red Tails in government. Tom Bradley, look what he did for the city of Los Angeles. Unherald attorneys, Johnny Cochran is our fraternity brother. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Not to mention, without a shadow of a doubt, Samuel Dacus II, and Godot, <laughs> and myself, yeah. Charles yeah. Lockhart. We carry that passion and we carry that leadership torch, not separately, but on one accord, because we're not individuals. We are, we're one body, one mind, and one flow. And that's what makes us special. I can call any brother at any time. My brother, as Trenton said, his brother, or my, my younger brother, is also 
a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. He was made in, at New Chapter, Spring 96, as well as my other brother, Carlos, who was also Spring 96. So it's it's just something that we do. Almost like you hear him say to Chas Melissa, it's just something in the air. Got to be debonair. It must be a cap in the atmosphere. <laughs> okay, so, okay. I mean, and we've we've all held in our times when we were at Hayward. Like when I was at Hayward, I was on the president's. I served on the president's council, which was a very unique group of individuals. Everybody could not do that, and we helped develop policy and procedure, and we worked hand in hand directly with not just the administration, but with the president of the school. We had meetings and of course we worked with the other Greeks as well. We had brothers that were president of the the different clubs for business. And I believe it's NAVA, for NAVA and different, just, just anything we could get our hands on. We said, we, we tried to get involved and we were gonna lead. We gave scholarships as undergrads, where most cats, most undergrad or most young people are looking for the next party or the next fund to go to. We were working long early days and long nights when those who are playing, we may play, but we work while we play. Because you can't you can't achieve and do things without work because a man without a plan is like a man with a plan to fail so we're constantly planning we're constantly working constantly giving back not just on campus but in the community as well and we i can remember being on the campus and people asking asking us they were like you mean you guys are giving it you're giving a, a scholarship yeah we're gonna through the first gospel concert i'd raise thousands of dollars so we were able to give several thousands of dollars worth of scholarships to students and go to different churches and give scholarships in the name of brothers that were at those particular uh, churches at that time. And at, you're talking 19, 20, 22, 24. We were young, but as leaders, it was natural. This is what we do. And we that, that tradition... I can honestly say, as the first line to cross into the chapter of New Sigma, that tradition holds true with our chapter today in 2024. Okay. So, so Samuel and Trenton, how does that translate today in terms of community service and some of the initiatives that you all have going on these days? I think it it follows straight right in. So one of the one of our objectives is to assist the aims and purposes of college universities. As we all know, there's an African American achievement gap. So myself and as far as other of the Divine Nine on our campus, we we really took that charge and we organized a a, a coalition to get us a, a resource center on campus, and the that resource center. The, the the amount of work and effort and meetings that we had to go to and the higher ups and the we actually had a meeting with the chancellor of the CSUs to talk about why we needed and why um, we deserved African American Resource Center to be provided to us um, on our campus 
And um, that was one of those dreams that I actually didn't even get to realize. Like, it was part of the, the jump start to kind of get it moving. And it's, it wasn't until my, my frat brother, Tristan, he was able to actually, he actually is able to use that same resource center that we were fighting to get. And so that's just one thing that, like, like I say, we just keep on that same focus and the same path and tradition. And then just to we promote the the moral, spiritual, intellectual of our members, like we really care about each other. And it's not just when I when we say that we want to achieve in life and we're never satisfied. That's not just on an individual basis. It's I can never be satisfied for my brother. I can never just see my brother just being content and not pushing him to do better, not helping him do better, not walking with him to do better. We don't just focus on everything going outside, but we have to do development within our organizations to keep that bond close. Because if you put too much focus on the needs of others and you ignore the needs of the people around you that you're working with, then it the the goal is never realized with the magnitude and the 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 gravitas that it could be if you guys were all on one accord and working together. Okay. Trina, did you want to add? Yeah. So, yes, I mean, brother uh, Charles and Sam pretty much nailed it pretty much down. But uh, if I could just add additional things, like other than just the community service we do, I would say like as of right now, for an example, um, I am currently the editor-in-chief of my school newspaper. So it's even like such as keeping brothers written in a good light. So whenever we have like events or any any black organizations specifically kind of, well, I mean, don't get me wrong. We write events on all organizations and things of that nature, but typically black events are being held on campus. I do like to make sure that we cover those stories just so that they get the, the amount of attention and share that I feel like was needed. So even like making sure that we're writing every, all the brothers in a good light, even people that are not part of our fraternity, just keeping our people in a good light and and and, and uh, keeping people interested and wanting to attend the events and keeping the ball rolling as far as uh, campus involved. Yeah, well. I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of times when we think about the Divine Nine, what do you think the impact has been for African-Americans specifically because of your fraternity? Well, one of the things that we try to do is we really try, we role model the behavior. As you say, as we told, as we said earlier, we're the pillars in the community. So we have, we have a responsibility and an obligation to reach back and go back and lead and pull the others with us. Instead of, okay, I got mine. Well, I'm trying to do this, I'm done, let me move on. No, 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 no. We go back to the high schools. We go back to the elementary schools so they have something to look at. A lot of times, and I won't go too in depth, but a lot of times with the with the media, with media as black males, we are pictured as animals, pimps, hustlers, not polished, not professionals. They don't show us in the best light. Drug dealers, hip hop rappers, things that things that are not polished and professional. So we have a, a duly responsibility to provide that light and be that beacon for others to follow. And we do that not by what we say, by what we do. I can remember, I can remember being at work 
I did, I worked 27 years in the probation department where I was a shift commander when I retired. And I can remember walking through the building and talking, working with the kid. And they would be like, Mr. Lockhart, I'd be honest with you. And I would be like, What's, what, what? You kind of different. Or I have, there would be people that I worked with. So you kind of different. You don't, you just don't want it average or you just don't settle. So that drew children to me and it drew adults to me. And then once that happens, it allowed me to teach. It allowed me to turn on lights where there may be darkness or no light had ever been turned on at all. It gave individuals something different to look at or something different to learn from or someone different to follow. Leadership is something that is not given. Leadership is something that's earned. And once it's earned, you have to uphold that position for others to follow. And it's not always easy. The hardest thing I tell people all the time, the hardest job I've ever had was not being silly. The hardest job I ever had was to be upstanding and to be right because there's no room for error because you're always under the microscope. You have to embrace it. Well, with us, not only do we embrace it, it comes natural because this is, this is, it's part of who we are and it is what we do. Now I can say that. I can say that because I'm looking at two brothers who when I was made in the fraternity, they weren't here yet. So how can they uphold and how can they have the same values, the same principles, the same fire, the same vigor, the same leadership qualities that I had and they weren't even here. And they stepped right in and the, the ball has never been dropped. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. One of the biggest things, and this is also one of the biggest reasons why I decided to join, is that it's our guide right program with our Kappa leaguers. Uh, so that's just middle school up until from eighth grade up into high school. We we have a mentorship program for young men, and a lot of us didn't grow up with an older father, or older cousin, or uncle, a big brother. I had all of that except for a big brother. But I had male mentors in my life, and I've seen the difference between how I thought and how I acted and what I believed I could do versus those around me who didn't have that same type of push and support and love around them um, and guidance. And so that's one thing that my organization, I feel like our impact with the young people of America, like, that's not something that you're going to hear about. That's not something that you can really quantify mm -hmm. because there's there there will people that go through that that program that will never 
throwing capital. We'll never, we'll never be Greek. They'll, they'll never, they'll, it'll just be a moment in life, but it'll be a moment that changed them, that made them better as a better person for themselves to help them get through life easier for themselves. Like that's the impact we, we make that we create because we're so devoted to making sure that like a young black man and, and old black men are seen as successful, positive role models and pillars in the community and not allowing what may be the most popular of examples be what dictates us. It's like say, it's, 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 it's more about like who we are. We understand that we live in a fishbowl that right. people are looking at us and then when people are looking at a fishbowl they're they're looking because they want an example they they want to they, they have an expectation of what they should see when they look inside this bowl and us just knowing that and walking in the 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 best way that we know how to is just one way that we impact the world in a positive way we, we have a national partnership with the saint jude hospital which a lot of organizations do but just like any organization that I would say partnership with St. Jude is you take away their contributions and how many kids are now suffering. So the impact we make may not be something that can be put on a billboard and, and you, I could win an award for it tomorrow, something you could write a paper about it and someone wants to read a whole book about how it happened. It may not be made into a movie, but the impact is something that is so large I can't personally quantify. I'm just glad I'm able to be a part of an organization to create that space in the world. Love it. Anything you want to add, Trenton? Yeah, like Sam said, it's pretty much nearly impossible to quantify the impact. But what I can say is that members of Cap Off Cyber were very substantial leaders. And like it and and examples of that is like Sam said, Capoli. Capoli is a somewhat of a of a club that we put together of young men from middle school to high school, where we teach them to do things such as filling out a scholarship, filling out their FAFSA forms for financial aid, which a lot of kids like like me did not are not aware of or were not aware of at a certain age or of, of things like that. Uh, job applications, things of that nature. So very, very important, critical things that a lot of young men should know is what we kind of pretty much teach throughout uh, Capital League and things of that nature. And then also, uh, like Sam mentioned, also St. Jude's. And even a more personal example, we have a brother in our chapter of the name John Norman, who has a who has a nonprofit program called Raising Youth Resilience, and which is based in Stockton, California, uh, which is where I'm from, and I can attest to you right now, and it is very much so wrong of need of a program like this. And basically, Raising Youth Resilience is at every single high school and nearly every middle school in Stockton, California. And basically it takes, I don't want to use the word trouble students, but any students that are uh, just having any kind of issues with whether schooling or personal life, whatever the case may be, and pretty much instills resilience. That's kind of what the name comes from, raising youth resilience, instilling the resilience into the youth. And like, like, like Sam said, you can't quite quantify the impact, but the impact is huge and it's there nevertheless. I've seen it on my own eyes. I've seen my cousins, my actual blood cousins, they were part of this program as well. And although, you know, they were they didn't go to school, but I've seen how the, the program changed their life and how they now they have uh, pretty solid jobs for their age. They're working hard. They have an apartment together. They're doing pretty well for themselves for their age. But and, and to me, it seems like it's very apparent that that program is pretty much what gave them that 
that that resilience to eventually live the lifestyle that they're living right now and pretty much change their life. And that's the kind of impact that members of Cap Officer have on our communities. And and yeah, and and like Sam said, I mean, if you take it away, would it really? I mean, would it change much? Probably not. But but it's our due diligence, it's our duty to still stand up and and give our efforts to to give that impact, nevertheless. I mean, we have Montel Jordan, so a lot of us wouldn't be around because he he caused a lot of baby making. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, now, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. When we were, this is when we were in Los Angeles, and as we were doing a step show, real big LA step show in LA back back in the day, long time, many moons ago. He actually was one. He stepped with us. We had won more competitions, step shows, and placed higher than any other the other campus in our western in our region, in our province. Okay. And they actually he actually stepped in our show with us. <laughs> oh, many my. moons ago. Yes. Many well, moons ago. That's awesome. Well, and you know, Trent and I was asking them earlier. I said, How did how did y'all feel when you saw Usher up there with some Kappas at the Super Bowl. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool, honestly. I'm, um, he didn't really, I seen some brothers were a bit offended or things of that nature. I think it's cool that like we get that attention or we get that notoriety. This other Greek organizations were not the only one that strolls. Like the fact that he chose us, I thought it was pretty cool. The brothers that were strolling, they were part of our fraternity. So it wasn't like they were disrespecting or frat in any kind of way. So I, I thought it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, when they when they kind of jumped out there on the stage with the, like the classic right. white suit, white cane, yeah, it was nice. I have to Plastic. say, I was shocked. We I just, was too. I was, pleasant, I was pleasantly we shocked as well. <laughs> we enhanced his show. We helped Usher. We gave him that little extra. <laughs> you see, you see, he kind of he kind of did extra. A, he kind of did a slight he little shimmy in there. He snuck in a slight little shimmy. That's all cool for it. Usher, he's, he's done a lot of hard work, and I think just the yeah. fact that he kind of brought us onto that stage with him was, was pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Awesome. So, what? Tell me a little bit about your you all's personal story. I, I Chuck kind of gave us a little bit of his, but I know you all are are younger. You're you just crossed not that long ago. What has life been like for you all, having just cut? I don't know, Trenton, are you still in college or? I just finished my last semester in December. Okay, fantastic. So tell me a little bit about you all and your your journeys to get here to where you are today now that you're a Kappa. Okay, so I'm, I'm born in 2000. I'm a 2000 baby. I was actually born on Valentine's Day. My birthday just passed a couple oh, of days happy ago. happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. So yeah, uh, I was born in Stockton, California, which is where I also grew up at and graduated from. I graduated from Lincoln High School in 2018. And then after graduating high school, I went to college, went to Cal State East Bay. And that first semester was when I actually met my line brothers. And I knew a lot of members of, of the New Sigma chapter already, because as I said previously, my brother was part of the New Sigma chapter. He crossed, he's Sam's line brother. So he crossed in spring 17 as well as Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was aware of their whole line and uh, a few other pro fights, such as John Norman, which I spoke of with the nonprofit organization. So, yeah. So again, I got to college, met my line brothers. We were in it. We, we actually had the same dorm together. We were looking at the dorms together and we joined our organization together our first year, which was a great experience. I love that I joined it at such an early age because I feel like I was able to soak in so much uh, experience and 
although it came with a lot of struggles and a lot of stress being in the, being in the organization for so long at such a young age, but, but I feel like it was very beneficial for me in the long run, no doubt. And so, yeah, so eventually, yeah, I started off actually as a kinesiology major in college. I was a kinesiology major for two years. And then right before the pandemic hit, which was like literally, literally the semester before we went on lockdown, I changed my major to media productions. So boom, changed my major. Then here comes the pandemic. So I'm literally, I'm literally in my second or third and part of my fourth year of the pandemic on lockdown. I had to move back to home to Stockton, California, which was a bit of a struggle. I never really noticed how much resilience I had in high school and how much, how many distract, distractions that kind of didn't, that were around me when I was in high school. Because when I got back to Stockton in college and at an older age, I'm almost 20, I'm 19, 20, 21 at this point. I have my own car. I have, I have a job at this point working at, at T-Mobile. So I make have my own money in my pocket, things of that nature. So I was able to kind of live on, do what I want essentially. And being a student wasn't very advantageous for me at the time, but I was able to get through it, kind of brought out some of that resilience that was instilled in me and was able to get through it, get back on campus, finish up my degree. And then right before I finished, I was granted the opportunity to become the editor-in-chief of my newspaper. So I took that opportunity as well. So that's pretty much what I'm doing now. I'm just bridging oh. the, the gap from working for my newspaper to kind of getting into my career in media production right now. So yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at right now as far as my life, really. Fantastic. I I love it. I Thank love you. to hear all that. Sam, how about you? All right. Well, here we go. The honest truth. Me, <laughs> so I have a bit of an issue. My issue is, is that I, my mom and my dad told me that I could be whatever I wanted to be in life. Yes. I mean, I believed them. So I thought I could be him and I became that. And so my issue was, is I never wanted to be just another person. And so selfishly in high school, I was just like, all right, well, cool. Um, I'm either going to have to be an athlete or be Greek. Otherwise, I'm just another somebody else. And that, like I said, selfishly, just couldn't be me. Just couldn't be me. So going into college, I already had the mindset, all right, we we going we to figure out this Greek, this Greek thing because... I have to maintain my popularity from high school. Like I said, that that's what I initially, what initially was. I didn't actually join my organization until four years later. So a lot of growth, a lot of changes, a lot of mindset, a lot of things happened. And the reason why I init, like finally made the leap and made the decision to join my organization was because one, I had realized that a lot of things I had been doing in my life, I was doing for other people. Mm. Uh, I have nine siblings. Oh, wow. I'm the oldest boy, and seven of them are younger than me completely. So, wow. needless to say, I always had a responsibility to be a positive example. So, like I said, I always wanted to be an example. And so a lot of things I did in my life was just to be that example. It wasn't necessarily because I wanted to do it. Right. It wasn't because I liked to do it. I didn't hate it. So it was like, let me just, I'll, I'll be the scapegoat and I'll go through it because this is what you're supposed to do. And then I just going through college, like, I was just like, everything that I wanted to be Greek for coming out of high school didn't matter. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be popular. I couldn't walk on campus without someone knowing who I was. Like, 
getting to class on time was a struggle because I was always getting stopped. Connections. Okay, well, I work with the housing department and work in student government, so I have people to write me letters of recommendation. I have connections. I don't really need it for that. Brotherhood. I have nine siblings. I think I'm good on that. <laughs> maybe an older brother, like, that was the only maybe driving force, like, because I was the oldest, so I wanted someone else to kind of, like, look up to, look up to and could mentor me. But I had everything, like, coming, like, four years later. I, I haven't, like, do I still want to do this? And the answer was yes. So that's when I knew, like, you're doing this for yourself, and this is something that you need to do. Yeah. And like I said, I fell in love with Kappa because of who they are, what they represent, of how they carry themselves, the work they put in. Just like just everything about it was just like that's that's me. That reflects who I am. I'm not joining this to become like them. I'm not joining this to be around people like them. So people assume this is how I am. Like this is a mirror of who I already am. It only makes sense. And also, do something for yourself. Mm. Yeah, that was the biggest thing really for me. Like I said, selfishly, I still wanted to meet the man. <laughs> but, because I was the most, most photographed person in my yearbook, I have the yearbook, and I actually counted everybody's names <laughs> with the with the, with the the multiple numbers, and I have the top. I'm not tied with nobody. There, I, I, it's me. <laughs> Which oh is really just means I did too much in school and I didn't get no sleep. That's all I'm telling you. Just because I never slept. Oh my goodness! But that's that was that's really my journey, and then the just the love I felt from my chapter. My grandma actually died, like while we was doing all the the paperwork and the formal process of becoming a member, and tape to join. And at that moment, with my grandma being out, like I just I didn't want. I no longer wanted to pay for it. So, like, I still want to be a capitalist, but I, 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 I could use this money for something else. Like, at, at this point, I'm in college, and so even though that's my grandmother, so I'm not really involved with the process of what's going on and the finances of it, but I'm my dad's oldest. Right. So you so carry he's gonna, that he, responsibility. He's naturally just bit to me because I'm that's just my job. That's my position. I'm the person he vents to. And so it's like I know these things and so it's like I could be using this for other things. I wanted to take a break from school. I want to go home. Like my grandma was a big big part of my life. Mm-hmm. And it was at that, it just seemed like every, like, it just, she gave me her car right before she passed away, and I knew that's what she was doing, because it was just the way she gave it to me, then she passed away, then, like, a week later, the, the engine dies, and then I was just done. Oh, I was man. Over it. But my brothers, they weren't even my brothers yet. They were just the men who were potentials, aspirants with me. They just showed me so much compassion, love, understanding, and 
that I just and they didn't know me. Yeah. I was I was joining an organization to have this connection and to get it from people that don't know me yet before we even get to the point to where quote unquote we're family and now you know you have to love your family you don't have a choice type thing like even before we get to this moment where it's just like hey bro like I don't know if I want to do this no more they're just like yeah you do <laughs> and, and just reminding me of who I am and who what I wanted and what my desires was just my grandma wouldn't have wanted me to quit and just just but being there and not allowing me to just go through that tough time of my own I was it's something that I can't I'm it's invaluable because I wouldn't have went to no one else just because of my personality of always having the responsibility to be the example uh the, comes to certain things I won't show certain emotions just because I feel like I'm protecting everyone else or I'm showing or being the example of like it's okay like you can get through it you can be okay like yeah so for whatever reason I I don't I couldn't allow myself to express that around my family as much as I needed to do to process and my brothers allowed me that space and so I it was like I said, I joining this organization is one of the one of the best choices I made in my life, and it's something I do over and over again. That's awesome. I mean, that sense of brotherhood, especially in the black community, is often challenging. So it's it's wonderful to hear stories like that because I think it just emphasizes how often you see you. I mean, you feel it when you have a fraternity like yours. So. I mean, that's awesome. Love to hear that. All right. Wow. Well, we are running out of time at this point, but tell me, maybe all of you can kind of end with something that you want to say about Kappa Alpha Psi and kind of give us what some of your aspirations are, or maybe you can talk a little bit about traditions and what you see kind of the newer generations coming coming up what kind of words of advice would you give to those out there that are seeking kappa okay so i would just say for me just do your research everyone has their own websites and or that will tell you the basics of what the organization is be yourself and don't don't be shy don't don't i know it's intimidating to come up sometimes because we're we're such a we're we're such a tight knit group that it's it's almost intru feels intrusive sometimes to approach us, but please come up, approach us, show interest, and you know, don't be nervous. Like, if it's something that you really want to do, pursue it. And if it's something that you find out that you don't want to do, it's not for everybody. Don't feel like you're a failure. Don't feel like you're missing out because not everyone has the best experience anyway. It's really what you make of it, just like what life is. Yo yo, yo to the noobs. All right. Yeah, and I like to say pretty much like what Sam said, and he, he was 100% correct about everything he said, but do your research when it comes to interest in any Greek organization. Yeah, also with doing your research, when, when you are approaching Greek organizations that you are interested, remember to stay discreet with things. Nowadays, everybody wants to put a lot of things on social media and Instagram and Twitter and all that, man. When it comes to these Greek organizations, your interest with them, discretion is key. It's, it's, it's a traditional thing that we all have from our uh, founding members and even and, and, and it's been around for a long time. And it's very important to us. 
So remember to stay discreet, stay humble. Um, you know, nobody's too cool for school, man. We all we all at the same school. We all taking the same, probably not the same classes, but you're like we're all in the same place. So remember to stay humble, stay discreet. And, and like Sam said, man, don't be shy, man. Do your research. And when you are interested, when you feel like you're ready to express your interest in any Greek organization, make sure you do it properly and, 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 and do it properly. Awesome. Thank you for that. All right, Chuck, we're going to give you the last word. Hey, I'm easy. <laughs> Five new pie to the day I die. <laughs> so smooth, so suave, so debonair. Melissa, you just had the noops on your show. We in the atmosphere. Nothing <laughs> else to say. With the crimson and trip, with the crimson and trait, with the crimson and cream. <laughs> Everywhere we go, they dream. But some try, many are called, but few are chosen. Hey, just want to uphold the legacy that was laid before us and be the best men that we can be. To inspire service in the public interest, lead others and do what we're called to do. All right. Just, just leave. That's it. We'll leave on that note. Thank you all so much again for thank joining you, thank me. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure oh. to have you all and uh, look forward to connecting with you all in the future. All right. And I got to get on this floor when your sister get home. <laughs> hey, all brothers. right, go ahead. How we say, all the noobs in the house say, yo. yo. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that translates both in audio and video well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. Hey, Trenton, man, it's good to see you, bro. Good to see good you, to see too, see you too. Thank you, guys. Glad no you made it, Hey, I'm about to mop this floor and finish this dinner. I'll call you after. I'm going to get in trouble now. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. right? going to He going to be in the dog now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Good night. Take care, you guys. Bye. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining me on the Jolly Podcast. Please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.